You are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. So this week's show is a conversation that I have wanted to have since I started this thing. It's with my longtime massage therapist, Rosemarie Rotenberger. Rose is a healer, full stop. That sounds hyperbolic, but it is 100% true. I found Rose when I was training for Ironman. I was having some knee issues that nobody could figure out. I went to two different physical therapists. I had my bike fit dialed in at the Olympic Training Center. I had gotten body work done by various people, and it was still nagging at me. A track racer friend of mine said, and I quote, you've got to go see Rose. She'll set your shit straight. And truer words have never been spoken. I wasn't on her table more than 10 minutes when she was like, your left knee, that's totally fine. Your right hip, that's pretty jacked up. She got in there, manipulated the muscles, and the knee pain went away as quickly as it came. I saw her regularly all through my mountain bike stage racing career and continue to see her today, but honestly, for other reasons. Because I'm not running marathons or training on my mountain bike 17 hours a week, I need her a little less for my hips and knees these days, but I need her a whole lot more for my head and general health. Because massage therapy is really good for your central nervous system, as well as for your muscles and connective tissues. And as you'll hear in this discussion, women in menopause can benefit from body work in some serious and unexpected ways. This conversation definitely went places I did not see coming, but man, I'm so, so glad it did. And I hope you appreciate it all as much as I did. For a little background, Rose has been a licensed massage therapist for 22 years. Her Olympic and world champion clients span several continents and have competed in every Summer Olympics since 2004. She has crewed for the Race Across America record-holding team twice, and her work engages both the physical and emotional challenges of higher-level sport. She has taught both entry-level and advanced orthopedic massage programs, and has served on national advisory boards. She pursues a year-round diverse and active lifestyle and has literally the most amazing garden I have ever seen. Okay, before we get to the interview, you can find us, as always, at Feisty Menopause on Instagram and Facebook. You can join us over at our private Hit Play Not Pause Facebook group, where we have conversations going pretty much day and night. If you like the show, please subscribe and share with your friends and on your socials. It helps others to find us and for us to continue to grow. Just a reminder, Dr. Stacy Sims and I have our next book coming out in two weeks. It is Next Level, your guide to kicking ass, feeling great, and crushing goals through menopause and beyond. And we dive into what actually menopause is and how to work with your changing physiology to optimize performance at this time of life. You can pre-order that right now at feistymenopause.com. Just go there and click the tab for next level book. And by pre-ordering it on our site, you get four free bonuses, including an adaptogen cheat sheet, a hormone cheat sheet, a guide to talking to your doctor and or trainer about menopause, and a video presentation by Dr. Stacey Sims. 
While you're there, please check out our Hit Replay Podcast Guide subscription service. And I'd like to thank everyone who has subscribed so far. I've gotten really great feedback on the sheets. I appreciate it. And I'll put a clickable link to that in the show notes as well. Finally, I want to give a quick thank you to Inside Tracker for their continued support of this show. I am due for a blood work follow-up, and I'm anxious to see how the advice I've been putting into place affects my lipids and glucose levels. All right, enough of me. Let's hear about some of our awesome sponsors and get on with the show. I am so excited to have you here. I've actually thought many times over the past year and a half, I should talk to Rose. And then I'm just, then I forgot. And then I saw you, it was on the table and I was like, I really should talk to Rose. So thank you. Yep. So like, just to get the ball rolling here, I, you know, we have, and I honestly don't even know how long back it goes. It was Iron Man time, right? Um, you know what? You had Juniper. I knew that. I mean, I had, I mean, it, it's, oh gosh, it might be like, oh, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. No, I had Juniper. I'm almost positive that I was, you know what? I did. I did because I was training for Ironman and that was 2007. Cause I was to, into 2008. I was doing 2008 Louisville in August. And like, I have a real hard time staying healthy when I run over 10 miles. I always have like, that has always been my story. And I was training for Ironman and I was having some knee issues that were bugging me. And I, it wasn't show stopping, but I was like, kind of like really going for it. I wanted to go to Kona. Like it was important. And those things I have a hard time getting out of my head. And I went to see a PT. I went to see some other body work woman. And then I think Ryan Pomayevich said, see my girl Rose, she'll fix your shit. <laughs> and he said, she's kind of a tough broad in the only way that. <laughs> now, I can hear him saying this. I literally can hear him saying it. <laughs> that he can. But I saw you and you were like, you were literally a healer. You, you were like, your knee is fine. It's coming from your hip. It's kind of like a pinball effect. You got in there and you fixed it. And I was sold. I was like, I, and I saw you all the way through all my stage races in South Africa and Brazil and Cuba and beyond. And literally I've given this, you credit many times for keeping me rolling through all those years. And if you thought I was too old for all that shit while I was doing it, you never told me so or never let on. I don't think about it. I mean, it's, I, I don't, for me, I, I, it's something that for me, you know, personally, it's like almost like the older I get, I don't realize I'm older. So, I mean, it's like, so if you're in, you know, if you're like 10 years older, younger than me, you're still in my world. It's only when I go places and I see, like, I, like I went to the eye doctor. And I'm telling you, the eye doctor looked like she was 10 years old. That's when it gets me. You know, so when I think about people, exactly, when I think about people out there and doing stuff, I'm around that all the time. You know, um, you know, I, I, I've not only worked with the elites, I've worked with a lot of masters, you know. So it's, it's all encompassing. I mean, that's, that's also, that's the area that we live in. We, we, we have a lot of diversity in age, you know, um, you know, in, in, in sports in general. 
We really do. Yeah, and very, very high levels in those junior elite masters, you know, pro, depending on how you're, you know, the however the, the sport breaks up your levels. But it's, you know, I, I, I've seen that many, many times, you know, but it, it's, I do kind of stop and think, but I think they call in cycling masters as over 35. In some disciplines, yes, which is. Yeah. <laughs> Like, come on, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, I've only been masters. Um, and I guess that's where, I mean, across the board, you know, if you come into a menopausal woman, we're, we'd be racing at a masters, you know, if that, if it was an age related class, it would, it would be something along that line. Um, but you know, when I would be working with, with athletes, and when we got to the masters and you looked at how at the level, okay, no, they don't have to be breaking world records. I mean, like on the elite level, but these are people with families and full-time jobs. And then on top of it, they're training like not less than like anywhere from, you know, if it's a four hour block, it might be two, four hour blocks in a day, or it's, you know, a six hour, you know, day. And it's, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, my butt hurts just thinking about being in a bike that, you know, that much, you know, it's, it, it's significant. And I mean, I've always, but, but masters also tend to have a certain aspect of when you leave the competitive field, we're all friends. So they've always been like, kind of like my best, my favorite kind of group to work with. Um, I mean, it's, some can be a little thick headed. I, I won't lie. You know, they get it in their head that this is the way it's going to be. And you're going to do what I want. And I'm like, maybe I'm not the therapist for you. You know, I'm, I'm bringing experience to your table, just like you're bringing it to mine. And, um, and we got to meet in the middle somewhere and come up with some kind of plan, you know, uh, you know, to get you to where you want to be, you know, that that's the bottom line, you know? Yeah. And you have crewed for Ram twice. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Sorry to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a delete button? <laughs> Um, that was an experience above and beyond. Yeah, that that was that was something. Um, that yeah, and I mean, we actually held the uh, the the four person mixed team. Um, we held I don't know for how many years, because we and then we did it under six days, which was really significant. And and the top both day both it's like it's not stressing your 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 uh, your crew enough with that literally. In Colorado, in a mountain pass, both years, within about a mile of each other, we had horrific accidents, which which took one of our four riders out of the picture, and we finished from three from with three going from Colorado on. It was it was surreal. Um, you you really don't know how far your body can truly be pushed until it is just game on moment, and that that's it. You 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 know, there's it it pushes you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the gender breakdown and age breakdown of that of those teams? Uh, oh my gosh, I, um, they would probably all be considered masters um, as far as age. The first year it was all male, but about halfway through, I think maybe even just into the training program, um, they had a, the guys had a co-worker, I think Australian, if I'm not mistaken, um, or. African. I don't know. But anyway, but she was a triathlete and she was just glued to the training program um, that Walton Endurance had, had put together for these guys. 
Um, so they pro- they pretty much had already kind of earmarked her that if we did it again, that we would bring her, you know, bring her on it. And, and she, it was great. You know, she, she, she pulled her weight and it was awesome. You know, she knew it, there is something about, you know, I, ha- and I have to explain some of the diversities of, of that team. Well, well, some of them almost had, I don't want to say never rode a bike before. They definitely had not trained to this level before. She at least had. So she kind of had an idea of like the commitment, um, you know, as, as far as, it, you know, going into it. I'll tell you what, she didn't miss a beat with them guys. You know, I mean, not a beat. I mean, it's she she brought it. And she put it right out there and it, you know, she knew her body. She knew what she needed when she needed it. And that, that, that made my, a little bit of my life easier in those five days. Um, but yeah, she, she was, she was a trooper, man. She was a beast, you know, she probably a hundred pounds soaking wet, you know, but <laughs> yeah, she was a scrapper. I, I, I give her a lot of credit. I have been invited to do that numerous times and have said no every time. I don't have enough demons. I have a lot of demons, but I just don't have enough. That, you know what? There are times doing that race when I thought this is probably the most cruelest and unusual punishment. I mean, just on the terrain alone, you know, I mean, you, you know, you see that, you know, these drop dead spectacular views, but I mean, you've ridden your bike in Kansas I mean, I remember going to bed at one night. We were in Kansas. The entire next night, we were in Kansas. The next morning, <laughs> we're still and flipping Kansas. I mean, I think everyone should drive across the country, just not at 15 miles an hour. You know, um, that that's a, plays with your head a little bit. But yeah, I mean, the diversity uh, of our country, you know, going, you know, especially west to east, you know, out in the Rockies, it's beautiful, but they give you seven miles to climb them hills. You hit the doll in Appalachians out here, you know, we come into West Virginia, it's like a two mile climb, like bam, right, like right in your face. It it's it's and yeah, when you have what do you got, twenty five hundred miles or so in your legs, that's this is what we're gonna we're gonna slap you with. And until you get over those those mountains, you're yeah, and it makes and breaks it. You know, I know I know a solo rider who realized that by the time they they weren't quite to Gettysburg, which is a big cutoff, um, they weren't going to make it in time. And they just, they, they literally, you know, you're only probably five hours from the finish, but he was cooked. Well, they're hard, they're hard when you're fresh, let alone when you've come from California. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but you know, for that, it, it, like even in that, from a body work perspective, that became a lot of let's just kill some pain. Quite literally. I mean, you get to the point where it's just like, you, you don't, you don't want to mess with them a lot. Lord knows you can't be very manipulative in this. You might want to do, it's like more like, they, well, my guys were only sleeping four hours if they got to sleep. Um, and, you know, you get up, you know, they get a shower and you maybe get them a little, you know, might then just get a little, a little, you know, little pre-race stuff going on there and maybe some stretching if like if you know you sleep wrong because you know you are in a moving camp or again you know it's like nothing is like your normal training where you can at least even sleep in your own bed you know and you know and, and that kind of stuff but um yeah it became a lot more about um pain management and bringing people down you know just like t- actually down because you're when you're going for we did it on how do we do this? We did, no, they were actually, I think, on three-hour rotations when we lost a rider 
And so they were doing six hour pulls and we, another rider would come in every three hours. So at least one person out there for three hours was kind of fresh. And then, but you were only getting three hours of sleep if you slept at all. So, you know, that, that, that kind of comes into the whole rest and recovery aspect, you know, on the fly to try and bring them down because you, you know, there's caffeine involved, you know, and, and, and whatnot, and you got to bring them down and, you know, so they can at least like lay still for those three hours and try to recuperate before you go out and haul another six. And when you say that, you mean like getting their parasympathetic system sort of online. And we'll talk about that. I'm sure when we start talking about massage and menopause. Yeah. And then, you know, then, and you know, at least from my perspective, because I have worked at maybe not this endurance, ultra endurance level, but I've worked um, at that assess, correct, and send people out. And especially when it came to cycling, I was, you know, neck deep in cycling as it was, I was actually trying to get out of cycling when I was approached with Ram and they sucked me. Um, but, you know, you know, for people coming, you don't realize that when you're facing a headwind, you know, that's coming on you from, you know, 10 o'clock position, how that bothers your neck and shoulders. And in a case like, you know, like Ram, I mean, you're lucky if you make it, you know, so the solar riders that get that Shermer's neck where they can, their muscles like literally just flop and turn off. They can't hold your head up anymore in that arrow position. Um, so yeah, you know, being able to look at things like that, you know, or if they say like, like you would have, you know, say, you know, I have a knee issue. Hey, my, my knee feels a little twingy. What can I do here? I can assess and correct that pretty quickly. Um, and especially with these guys that, you know, in both teams, um, it was the, the race was the culmination. I worked with these people just like I worked with you, you know, um, all the way, you know, the seven or eight, nine months, whatever prior, once we had a team established and a training plan, I was seeing them every other week. You know, I, I literally was packing my gear up, going over to Jersey, crossing the bridge and, uh, or the river and, and, and setting up shop and, in someone's conference room, you know, or their living room, you know, on the weekends, whatever it was. So, I mean, they, they, I can confidently say they did step up to the plate, all of them, um, as they were finally tuned as you can possibly get. So, which was really, really good. So I'd like, while we're talking about massage and your body work and all that you do, I'd like actually, because these are huge umbrella terms, right? So I'd like you to actually say the kind of body work you do, and then maybe just give us a brief overview of the general for for our audience for people who are involved in sport you know the kind of like body work massage that is yeah that you're involved in i'll give you a little a little bit of background i mean because i've been doing it for now 22 years okay so and i am i am a continuing education junkie um and most of the continuing ed that i i take are not single weekend classes they tend to be four, five, six weekends with the availability often of a lot more. Um, so I, I appreciate you wanted to clarify the umbrella terms because to me, the term like deep tissue is, is nails on a chalkboard to me. It's it, just like runner's knee. Um, when I first actually graduated, um, so this, this is it's almost 22 years ago, one of the first classes that I actually took was active uh, isolated stretching with Aaron Mattis, who was a legend um, kinesiologist based out of Florida. And I had never 
scene stretching so specific uh, you know, as far in his, while you could do it as uh, some people would recognize as contract and release or PNF type stretching, um, he took it to a, an aspect of um, this. Was, he used more reciprocal inhibition, which means basically you're going to contract your quads in order to help stretch your hamstrings, which is normal kinesiology function. Okay, um, that's the way our body works. As one thing contracts, something else needs to re- to 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 let go. Okay, and that's that's fluid motion. Um, I will say that someone who practices that method is going to be so specific in the level of stretching. It, it's 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 beyond. It's above and beyond. Beyond that, there there was and there still is, but you don't hear too much about it. Um, from the leading educators, neuromuscular therapy, which is often, when we talk about umbrella terms, often coined in with just what they would call trigger point therapy. Now, that's an, uh, that's part of NMT or neuromuscular therapy, but is by no means the primary um, driving force behind it. It is, again, extremely muscle-specific bodywork. Um, and it takes you four and over four, you know, so now five classes, I know they broke it, five classes to cover the entire body. That's a lot. And, and it's so, you know, it's when you learn to be that specific as a therapist, you also realize I don't need to be administering a lot of pressure to get the results that I need. Um, it does give someone, you know, palpably, um, from a therapist, you know, you, you really learned how things feel, you know, from end to end of that muscle and every spot in between that was, which, which was really great. And you actually tested to make sure you were on the structure that you thought you were on. I mean, it's not a class that you want to take online. Okay. Or you're really selling it short, um, and taking things away from the field, but past there, I mean, and for me, and that just, to back up a little bit, my continuing education in, in massage, one thing just simply led to another. It was just a natural evolution. Um, and I can I remember one of my NMT instructors said, if you ever have the opportunity to get some myofascial work, check that out. Um, now, there's a, a, a large uh, myofascial education system based here in King of Prussia. It's not my bad just because it tends to be, I'm only going to use this method and this method is the cure-all and I'm, I'm kind of not for that. So I didn't go that route. Um, I went, um, we had a, a, an, and a, an orthopedic massage and sports massage instructor um, who just was right off of kind of the tales of the 96 Olympics. He had worked down there um, in, in Atlanta and kind of came around and and really put some great information out there on how to delve into the deeper layers of fascia, which was highlighted in one of the links that you showed me in one of the, um, the layers of fascial um, involvement that you can have, you know, all the way down to quite literally the central nervous system. This was the first time that I actually got an incredible result. So it was, I had incredibly muscle specific background to begin with. And then this just took it and where you're literally moving your, your hands through layers of muscle, looking for what I'm just going to say stickiness or obstructions or just restrictions, something that quite literally should not be there. And that can come from overuse. Yeah. When you're an athlete moving in a specific 
plane of movement, well, you're a setup for problems. You know, somewhere down the line, I mean, like their shoulder and hip joints are meant to move um, that the ball and socket, it needs to move all the way around. But if your training is linear, you're going to find that you kind of, you start getting stuck and you overuse those linear type muscles. Okay. So that's that, you know, that that's one aspect of that. Then also that was orthopedic massage um, through James Wazowski. He also does a really great job with uh, or orthopedic assessment. I can't massage away a meniscus, Celine. Or, or, you know, if I do an anterior draw, you know, as easy as it is, if I do that test on that knee, which if you just Google it and see a positive anterior draw test or a failed one, um, it's, it's, it can set people's stomach a little crazy to see your knee move like that. But the thing is, you know, as a therapist, we need to have the background to know when to refer you out. And if it's not a refer out situation, you know, then, then, then how do we approach it? You know, and we start, you know, and then back then it was a lot more like a joint by joint assessment, um, you know, but, you know, coming forward in my education, you really started looking at things as the whole body, you know, and how it moves in kinetic chains. And if this muscle isn't working, how do we turn it back on and what muscles are overfiring to compensate for it? And because, I mean, you've seen it, I mean, you know, nine times out of 10, unless there's an impact specific injury, a lot of times where the pain, it rich, where you're feeling the pain is not where the problem of the pain is. So, you know, we don't want to chase the pain. You know, I can sit there and friction around your knee and all your ITB bands and send you levitating off the table. But why? You know, when, when it's a TFL and maybe a glute max situation, you know, or a hip imbalance causing that side to maybe tighten up because the other side's not firing. That it becomes, we're a little bit of a puzzle, but we are a really great piece of work that way. I mean, our brain, you tell us to, to perform something, to do an action, our brain's going to make sure it happens. Yeah. I, I had that. It was really eye-opening and I talked to you about it after I had it. I, you know, I had an assessment uh, in Colorado that one time where it was sort of having similar problems. And I just happened to be out in Colorado for a story. And the guy was, he wanted me to resist against his hand as he was pressing my leg in different directions. Right. And I could resist with all like easily with one of my legs and like, he could hold my leg down with one finger. Like, yeah, he's like, (laughs) how strong are you? And I was like, this is crazy. Like how much, what is compensating there? Like that was really eye opening. Right, right. I mean, and I mean, I, I can get into a, I mean, I'll, I can give you a great example and I'll use my own body for it. Um, and when I was a kid, about six, seven years old, I was thrown from a pony repeatedly in the field, which essentially, essentially stopped my glute max growth of my, on my right side. So that, right, like when you look at it in an MRI, my right is like an orange. The left is like the size of a grapefruit. Come forward. Yeah. I mean, it's like, now you, you know, and then I didn't know this until I herniated a disc in my back and realized, well, where's the miss? Where's the, where, what's going on here? No one knew how to put that, please, you know, put that piece together. Um, until I got an MRI and I looked at it and I was like, whoa, there is, there is an issue here. But for 45 years, my body had compensated. 
you know, and, until until it finally just said enough, you know, just literally I got up to, you know, get a cup of coffee and that was it down and out. So, but that again, when we look at a massage in umbrella terms, you know, you're looking at um, muscle testing, you know, like manual muscle testing, which in, in, in our world can be a little bit different from the PT world because we're, we're going to a lot of times do it actively as in, you know, we want you to fire against other muscles. For me, one of the first things out is a QL to QL, uh, which basically is, you know, the, the muscles that, that get basically run from the base of your ribs to the back of your ear and back of your head. They are bilaterally extension, unilaterally flexion to each side. They also stabilize. They're really, really deep. But if one of them is off, whereas that's a huge part of your body and your core and your deep core that's not functioning. And I know people who say they do, you know, uh, you know, how many sit-ups and crunches and I do pull up, I know I do all these things and I'm like, well, this side's not working. Well, I wonder why that is. And then you, you know, and then you test it against in the kinetic chain, maybe against the opposite glute and find, well, 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 now you don't have a glute. I mean, you know, it's, you know, it's like, and you just, and you keep going until, you know, until the chain actually stops of misfiring. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many cy- cyclists I know that don't have a firing glute, but then I also started realizing that when you've had muscles turned off or that have stopped firing for long periods of time, if you got them to start working again, people were having emotional releases. I've had them myself where all of a sudden you're in a class and, and the, you know, the tears are just rolling. You don't know what the heck happened here. And it's like, so when you look at that in terms of that, you know, there, there is a connection between our physical and our emotional body. I mean, most people that are not, yeah, no, I'll go most people that come to me, if they have a chronic pain, there is an emotional component to that. And so we started as nuts and bolts, you know, a almost like, you know, NMT is like a plus B equals C. And that's the way it is. Then we got into some assessments, you know, we got into orthopedic massage where you're getting to look at the assessments. Is this range of motion in this hell in this hip? Is it normal? Is the end feel really abrupt? You know, um, so we have something maybe going on fascially inside the joint that we have to try and, and, and relieve yeah, the, the fascial part of it too. The fascial part is, is to me is a really big part. A lot of things happen at that deeper layer, layer of fascia. Yeah, two questions there, because there's a couple of things to unpack. Let's define fascia, because we've talked about that a whole bunch. Let's define fascia for people who don't know what fascia is. And I'm, I, I want to, before I ask more about like the menopausal part of this, you know, that, that emotional release is, is really interesting to me because, you know, we talk about adverse childhood experiences and like, stress and trauma and how that manifests in menopause often and how important that is. So I want to dig a little bit further into that as far as like what you think is going on there with the massage piece. But um, first define fascia so people know what you're referring to. Fascia is, it is truly, it's a, it's a, a a system in your body of support, organ support on the deep level. It's also in, in development in utero is as cells are dividing and they are creating like 
uh, how do I say, like fascial sheets. And then through that, as we start to grow, you know, as, as from an egg into an embryo, into a fetus, uh, you know, um, what happens is our bones and muscles grow through that fascia. So that if you actually saw it in dissection, that attendance fibers literally as they get close to the muscle, I mean, it, it's not the tendon didn't go through the muscle, the muscle grew through the tendon. Does that make sense? So it's like, if you, you know, think of like one of those fiber optic cords and you see muscle spindle, or that would be like a muscle spindle, okay? And around all of that is just a layer of connective tissue. That is fascia. And as you get to where the muscle part ends, okay, um, and it starts to thicken, as it now attend, you know, attaches to a joint um, or several joints, you know, in, in some cases in the body, that creates an area of tension. Now, you don't have those areas of tension like that until you're kind of born and you go through movement. Because you're so floppy as a baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, and, and, and areas of stress, this is Sheraton's law, um, that areas of stress will accommodate to that stress. Okay. Which, and in, in this case, areas of stress are those tendon attachments. So, you know, later on in life, you get in, you know, you move forward into menopause, you feel all those crunchies going on. You feel like you realize you've got a body that's been lived. It's gone through some stuff with you, but you know, the, those tendon attachments will get really, really strong and, and that the tendon themselves will get thick which is one of those things when I, I think about when someone says, I want to stretch my IT band, I think if they saw this tendon in dissection, they would, they would just stop right there. <laughs> you can pull a car with that IT band. You no, know, it's like, the, you know, you can, you know, that could be a suspension on a bridge over the Schuylkill river. You know, I mean, it, it's pretty gnarly, you know, it, you're not, you're not stretching that. You need to, when, when you're stretching, you're stretching muscles, not tendons. You know, the tendons need to be taught. For that, for when that muscle contracts, that it's pulling in its right plane of movement. Um, but that fascia is also a suspensory system. It's 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 three D. I mean, yes, it goes with all you know. All the muscles are growing through that, but so are your organs. So you have horizontal. It creates horizontal suspensions through your body. You know, so you think of I'm I'm a woman that's had three C sections. Well, guess what? I've been cut three times down there. That's now scar tissue. Where is that pulling from? You know, so, and because fascia is, you know, it is that 3D all encompassing thing. If you pull on it in one area, it's going to be pulling from other areas in your body. So when you look at that and you say, all right, I got repetitive use, you know, I got, you know, tendons that are all junky down here. Well, you know what? It's, it's pulling from other areas in your body. You don't notice it down at that knee or whatever, or wherever it is. All of a sudden you say, well, my shoulder hurts or I can't, I can't move this or I can't bend that way. And that can be a lot of fascially related, uh, related, you know, situations. Um, it is something that is and requires a certain level of hydration, which we'll get to, you know, with the menopausal thing, it's like we're drying up in every possible way out there. This is no different, you know, and, and, and it gets stickier. You know, and that also comes into that single plane of movement activity. Your fascia is going to get restricted in ways to support that single blind activity. 
As a lifelong runner and cyclist, I am stoked to announce that Tifosi Optics has come on as a podcast sponsor. The beauty of Tifosi sports glasses is that they hit all the marks. They are shatterproof polycarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance and complete eye protection. They stay put. They have little hydrophilic rubber nose pads that actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they stay secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in sauna-like conditions. No matter what sport you do, they have a shade for your activity, including tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, and just hanging out at the beach. And they are super reasonably well-priced, which is very hard to find in a sea of overpriced eyewear. And they just look freaking rad. So head on over to tifosioptics.com and use the code FM, capital F, and capital M, like feisty menopause, number 20, FM20, to get 20% off your order today. I'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. Good sleep. The one thing that sets you up for a great workout and a good day is quality sleep. We talk about it all the time here on the show, which is why I'm stoked to have Lagoon Sleep as a new sponsor. Because one of the most overlooked tools in a great sleep toolbox is the thing you literally rest your head on eight hours a night, your pillow. A quality pillow is everything. Otherwise, you end up tossing, turning, punching, and folding your pillow, waking up with neck pain, and all the stuff that happens when your pillow doesn't meet your personal comfort needs. Say hello to the most comfortable sleep you've ever had with Lagoon. They start you out with a two-minute personalized pillow quiz and then pair you with your perfect pillow. I got the Otter, a cooling adjustable pillow that is perfect for side sleepers who run warm at night like I do. It is a dream. It's fully adjustable, so I was able to get the perfect loft and support and the cooling feature is everything. As someone who turned into a furnace every evening before menopause, I appreciate that the otter is stuffed with shredded gel-infused memory foam, which instead of trapping heat from my neck and head, draws it away and dissipates it. It's truly delightful. I'm a good sleeper, and otter has taken it to the next level with both support and cooling. Put my head down, good night, Irene. My aura ring confirms what little tossing and turning I was doing is gone. The beauty of the pillow quiz is you can get the perfect pillow that you need to and make your sleep the best sleep you can have. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash hit play and take the two minute quiz to find your perfect match and then use the code hit play all caps one word for 15% off your first purchase. Sweet dreams. For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are stoked to be working with Hedda's. Hedda's designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedda's has unlocked the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research and creates better shoes for women's performance. Some of Hedda's special features include a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing on women's ankle bones, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and accommodate female toe shape, a more narrow and reductive heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take pressure off the Achilles, a rounded instep that creates a snug fit through the middle to match the curvature of a woman's foot, and supercritical foam and a PBEX plate in the midsole to keep our legs going when the going gets tough. Hedda's has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for your long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've been running in the Alma Tempos, and they are a pleasure to train in. You can get your own pair of Hedda's at Hedda's.com and use the code 
FEISTY20, that's all caps, FEISTY20, for 20% off. Check it out today. We'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. Musculoskeletal health is everything during menopause. Everyone knows how much I love Joint Health Plus from Prevenex, which has helped me get back to distance running after arthritic toes stopped me in my tracks. Now they have a product that has become my go-to for muscle strength and recovery, Muscle Health Plus. Muscle Health Plus contains all the key ingredients we talk about on this show, like creatine monohydrate, essential amino acids, and branched-chain amino acids, Plus, even more cutting-edge ingredients like HMB and estrogen that are scientifically shown to increase muscle growth, recovery, and strength. I use it every day during my early morning lifting sessions, and there's no question that it helps my power during those workouts and my recovery after. Plus, I love having everything I need from the best high-quality ingredients in one reasonably priced shake. I've also heard from fellow users who have had bloating or GI upset in the past from creatine that haven't had any of that with Muscle Health Plus. I make my shake with almond milk and espresso, but it's also good with ice cold water, which makes the flavor really pop. As always, you can get 15% off your first order with the code HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. That's HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. Do your muscles a favor and head on over and get some today. The next one, I'm I'm now debating whether we want to put a pin in it, come back later. Cause I, I'm very interested in that part about um, the emotional release. And if someone has chronic pain, but I wonder, should, should we continue with the menopause thread since that's going to lead to some of that anyway, and then make sure I'll make sure we come back to it. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll give you some of my best background on with working with like, like you say, adverse childhood experiences, which, really will manifest another good way of looking at that is complex post-traumatic stress disorder um, as opposed to just post-traumatic stress, which the complex makes it a childhood thing. Mm. If that, does that make sense? If you, if you've taken the ACE score, you know, and you look at it, you know, where your parents, were they neglectful? Were they alcoholics? Were you beaten? Were you this? Were you abused here? We know all these things that come into it. One of the things that I've, I've looked at and it's through a lot of self-work, but it's the, the final part of my education, at least up until now, is cranial sacral therapy, which one of the, at the advanced levels really aims to help you reconnect your physical body to your emotional self. It's kind of taking some of the compartmentalizing aspect of healthcare out of the picture and saying, look, I don't, I don't need to be a psychotherapist to tell you that when I'm laying my hands on you, I'm feeling something. Let's look at that, you know, for a moment. And, um, you know, no one needs to tell me anything. Um, but one of the things in traumatic experiences, and one of the things that makes something a traumatic experience in my education is the feeling of not being safe. Hmm. That's, you know, when it really comes down to some form of a post-traumatic incident going through adverse childhood life, you know, and how you bring that forward, somewhere along the line, we weren't feeling safe with people that are primary caregivers, whoever they are, they, they were reacting, they were unhealed themselves. When we, we bring that stuff forward, we get stuck in like in that, uh, we get stuck in survive mode. That's a lot to bear. You know, when you bring that through, you know, we can really get into the whole survival aspect of it. 
But when we move into how it affects menopausal women, a lot of times because at least what I'm experiencing myself and with other clients that have expressed this um, and had these kinds of reactions, you know, with, with, with body work is that one of the things about menopause is we're dealing with a loss. Mm. Okay. There's an aspect of loss of identity for the past, probably at least 25, maybe 35 years of a woman's life. She's been somebody that's been a reproductive part of society. You know, she, you know, she's part of our species carrying on, you know, that's very primal way to look at it, but that's, that's significant. Thankfully, it kind of doesn't just hopefully hit you all at once, you know, where you have a little bit of a lean in or lead in of, uh, of, of symptoms. But when, you know, you find out that all of a sudden you have a grief situation going on here on top of the hormonal aspects, because your hormones are like having a party, you know, inside of you and you're not invited. You, <laughs> you almost feel frantic, you know, at times you can think yourself into crying. And then you get to this point of like, oh my gosh, who am I? You get an identity aspect of this, of, you know, I've been this for so long and now I'm not in that, oh my gosh, my body is physically changing. I can see the number, even if the number didn't change on the scale, a lot of times your composition of your body has changed. You're starting to get freckles and age spots and wrinkles and the consistency of your fat even changes, you know, and that comes into being like, oh my gosh, am I turning into my grandmother? It's like, you start looking at yourself, you're trying to grieve one aspect of your life and then you're still looking at the other aspects. Um, in Europe, they call it like a third lifer. They, they break down life in, in, in threes, you know, trial, reproductive, you know, and, and seniors. I don't feel like a senior, Celine. Yeah. You know, I, I don't feel like that. But there's also an aspect of like, oh, my gosh, in the normal run of things, if your parents aren't alive anymore, that kind of means you're next, hon. You know, it's like and you start living your life, you know, and that can be enough to bring on uncertainties that have been stewing in your life since the time that you were 12 years old and got your period, you know, and, and how your body started to change. Were you teased at that time? What did your parents do? How did they respond to it? And, uh, you know, and just like now, you know, on the opposite end, in the beginning end of it, what kind of information were you given? Darn near nothing as most of the people that I've, I've been working with. You, you had a class in school and they let it up to the teacher to tell you this stuff. You know, when you get to menopause and you realize I'm really not going to live forever. You start relooking at the life you had before and it can be a really, uh, I don't know, uh, a, a turbulent time. It can bring up a lot of things from the past that have not been healed physically, emotionally, just so much, whatever your life brought with it to this point, a lot of things can come up and, you know, you realize it's like, oh my gosh, it's, I, I had, I had regret. I actually thought to myself, oh my gosh, as I'm trying to heal my own stuff, oh my gosh, how bad did I screw my own kids up oh boy. thinking, okay, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, a, that's like a, like a realization. Now I'm talking to you almost like a one woman to another here, not necessarily almost as a massage therapist. But I, I mean, it's my education in, in body work that's been able to lead me in places that were safe that I could experience and, and process 
the stuff that needs to be processed all the way back from seven years old. And that's, that's legit for me. And, and, and are you, yeah, but like when you're saying that, I'm wondering, are you doing this through somebody who's laying hands on you as the massage therapist? I, I, I am both a practitioner and a client of cranial work. So I can tell you it from the practitioner perspective. And I can also tell you about it from the, the client perspective. Right. But when you're saying you're having all these personal, you got very personal, which I really appreciate. But were you getting work yourself when when going through this process? So, yes, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and I've also realized that in healing, some of my physical aspects that I would bring on to a bodywork table no longer exist once you've, you've healed from that. TMJ was one of them for me. I, I wasn't even getting treated for TMJ. I had it. And then just, it was gone. It got really, really bad during COVID. I know high, high, at times of high stress, uh, clench your jaw. And I mean, I, it was really bad. I was, I got work for stress and anxiety and that went away. So that's, that's a perfect you know, example of the emotional component of stress and anxiety creating a physical dysfunction in someone's body. Right. And, and one of the, you know, one of the cool things is it's like, you can go through the body work aspect of it and that can lead to emotional um, healing. And you can also go through emotional healing things, psychotherapy things that will also, once you get through that, you almost realize, Oh, my back pain's gone. You know, Oh, my shoulders don't hurt anymore. You know, it, like I, and that's where that's the cranial work basically delves between, you know, it, it, it's a link between the two. Um, I, I, and I, again, I've, I've, I've sat in both chairs, you know, I've, I've done traditional psychotherapy and I've also went through cranial sacral therapy and I, I do find the body connection part of it definitely to be the deeper levels of, of healing, um, not knocking one or the other, but that's what worked for me. Yeah. So when it comes to menopause, you know, you could be, you could have been carrying on, you know, a round of trunk of stuff on your back <laughs> and along comes menopause to pull the rug out from underneath of you and opens the box. Oh Lord, here it comes, you know, come raining down on you. And it, it can make you think like you're, you're, you're going nuts. You know, there's aspects of that, you know, and, and, and I know it, you know, like, like the hormonal aspect of it. When do we, again, we'll go back to parasympathetic. We, we, are, we lose sleep. We tend to get a little bit more anxiety with, 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 with the whole menopausal thing. And, you know, well, what can we do? And just quite literally bring your stuff down. The podcast is a lot about performance and athleticism, but there's a lot of that that runs over into just everyday life, you know, um, as, as far as, you know, people carrying around stuff. And what, when, once you put that trunk down, you didn't realize how heavy it was. It's, it's significant. Uh, and then, you know, and, and take it to performance. If you didn't, when you realize when you get rid of that stuff, how much better, it, it's kind of like, maybe you, okay, let's feel this. Maybe if you were doing your Ironman um, training and you didn't know that I put 20 pounds in your bike tube, you know, I, I loaded your bike tube down and you didn't know what it was. Okay. And then all of a sudden we shook out all the nuts and bolts out of it. And then you were off like a shot. That's also 
kind of like one of the amazing effects of getting rid and processing and healing from our lifelong of, and, and I'll even go like secrets because like, you know, mothers didn't talk about this stuff. They didn't talk about, you know, their periods. A lot of them didn't with, with their daughters. And they definitely didn't talk about pause with us as we were, you know, well, I, you know, as we were expected to, once we started having babies, that's it. That's your job, man. You know, game on. And, you know, they, the information was just, was never forthcoming. And, you know, and I said, I see it with some of my clients because I am a little more freely speaking about it, you know, especially if I have a woman that's older than I am on the table and I'll be, you know, I'm like, well, what do you do for you? And I, and I, you know, I'm like, oh, no, no, I, I don't need to do that. And I said, have you ever done anything for you? Or did you always just take care of your, your kids and, you know, the house and the, you know, come forward now. People, women are, some of the women are bread owners or breadwinners in the, yeah. you know, in, in the family, you know, so they're, they're carrying multiple roles on top of it. And it's, it's time to unload that stuff. So, so let's, let's, um, let's talk a little bit more about that. Like how, how does massage and the, the body work you're talking about help, help with that parasympathetic that, w- that women in menopause really do need, especially if they're super active and have jobs and maybe kids in college and who knows what else. And what it does, it comes down to everyone has stress, Celine, that, that, you know, that everyone has stress. You still got to get up, you get in your car, you go to work, whatever. It's like, it's also how you manage stress that makes it not a big game player in your world. Okay. So when you, you know, you, you come into it and I don't know, I, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot here, but I'm going to say that in a lot of times you really don't need when it comes to the stress and anxiety that come along with menopause, you really don't need any bone crushing massage therapy session. You know, you don't, you, there need, doesn't need to be any digging it out. Regular massage, human touch, our basic need for human touch will invoke a parasympathetic nervous system response. That can be, you know, even if you're on a budget, find a massage school. They almost all have a clinic. You know, you'll get massage for half the price, quite literally. Yeah. And, you know, and the students benefit from that too, from the experience. But, you know, in, in that level, you know, it doesn't need to be anything crazy, you know, jumping up and down. Let's just give you a really good night's sleep for a change. You know, I mean, let your body do what it, it's going to do it naturally anyway. I mean, I am a believer in that, that your body is a self-contained, self-regulating organism. But sometimes we need to provide that environment for it to do it. If the world or our external environment has us walking around on eggshells, not knowing if I'm going to have a job or my flight's going to be canceled or whatever, you know, it's like, let's back that up a little bit and bring your, and bring your stuff down. That that doesn't really require any grand in-depth level of, 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 of education. Like it's, that's nothing more. You see it. If you're, a, if you were a mother, that, that wonderful feeling of holding your baby, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I, it's, it's wonderful. You know, it's like it all, you both just, everyone just gets down. You get into your own rhythm and you, and you share it. And there's a lot of women that I, I have found, um, you know, when we, in men, like the menopausal age of women, because, you know, not only do we not talk about that, 
we didn't talk about all the other stuff that may have been happening either, you know, in our lives. And we're, again, we're carrying it forward. We don't necessarily always have the best body image. I mean, and that's crazy to hear somebody who can be as tenacious and, you know, put off a sarcastic comment and just say, you're going to, if you don't like my stretch marks, look away kind of a thing. But like it or not, a lot of us, you know, as our body changes, you know, if we, if we struggle with body image somewhere in the past, it's going to come back and haunt you now for sure. You know, again, you know, it just like we said about, you know, wrinkles and, you know, the loss of, uh, you know, adipose tissue and, and, and whatnot. And one of the things that massage can help you, it's positive touch and body awareness. It's a really good way to get in touch with your body in a safe and nurturing and with an element of touch. Um, it's everything like that we're supposed to have, like you have it as a baby when you're, you know, you're a newborn, you know, that, well, we don't lose that. We don't, we still need that stuff. I mean, and, you know, we, and we need it, you know, just as much now as we did then, but we're bringing into it a different mindset of, like I say, you know, there is, there's a mortality situation here. A lot, a lot of women our age have been, um, you know, had have gone through like cancer screenings, you know, or, or, or treatments or other body things, you know, that, you know, sometimes, you know, it's like, they don't want to see your scars, you know, and, you know, it's a safe place to kind of get into your own body, you know, to actually feel, you know, we don't always want it to be like, you know, the every time, uh, you know, someone says, oh, I didn't know it hurt until you touched it kind of thing. Uh, It also goes both ways. Like, oh my gosh, I never realized my forearms needed to be massaged so much until you touched it. You know, it's like, my gosh, that feels great. You know, it's okay to feel good. We're so, you know, we're allowed to feel good. And a lot of times as, you know, even the childbearing women, we we don't, we just do. Moms do, you know, mom is not allowed to get sick. Heaven forbid that. And that's a mindset that was brought with us from our mothers, from their mothers, you know, moms don't do this. Wow. So I didn't like, I thought, I hate to even bring this to nuts and bolts after that. Cause it's so beautiful, but, but like, I do feel like I want to go a little more just granular in that you, cause you did allude to that. Like when we get through menopause, the hormones change and tissues do get drier. And I would like you know, from a very practical standpoint for you to talk a little bit about what that does mean for our muscles and our tissues and what we can do to sort of keep things not sticky for lack of a better word. No. And and, it, and it's not just sticky. Um, it's, you know, it's the thinning of our skin as well. Um, which, you know, again, thankfully doesn't happen like all, all, you magically turn 50 and all of a sudden you got creepy skin, you know, you, you kind of ease into that, but you know, that can affect the kind of body work that you're going to receive because you're, you're, you know, your skin gets thinner, your, your fat gets less dense and, and, and you'll tend to bruise, you know, mm. um, I, I rarely bruise anyone that's all muscle tissue, you know, but, but, you know, you've got, especially that softer, older menopausal type of body fat, you got really got to be careful about what, you know, going in there headstrong. I mean, I got to listen to your body on that one. And, and again, like the loss of, of, you know, the density aspect of it, but it's funny as you lose that kind of density, you seem to gain it in joints, 
which I mean, you know, you get into that whole dehydration of your tissues. I, I don't know how to, that has to be hormonal uh, because I, anybody that I almost work with from a fluid perspective of what they take in, they're clearly taking in enough fluids. It, it's just like you're with menopause, we no longer need according to nature, those hormones to reproduce, which keep us soft and supple and vibrant and nourishing on a, like a blood and fluid and cellular level. Now we don't need that. So our body just says, okay, you don't need it anymore. You know, you know, right. like, you know, there goes your, you know, that's estrogen. There we go with that. But when, you know, that, that thickening comes into play is, you know, um, menopausal women, I mean, on a soft tissue, level. Yeah. The joints, you know, if you've been somebody who, again, we'll go back to that linear form of movement. I'll tell you, if you, if you ever wanted to pick up something like one day of yoga a week, it, you will, your, your body will thank you for it now to move it in different planes of movement. Because at this point in the game, where once before that, you know, it was movement related as in like performance, like linear or, or whatnot. Um, when you get into the menopausal aspect of things, if you're not moving them at all, it starts to just sticky down in there. You know, it starts to just get stuck in there. Becomes, you know, and, and the thing is, you don't have hormones supporting you to get the, you know, the fluid, the, the juice going in, in those joints, you know, that you need to, you need to have, it's all on you. It's all on you now with movement. You don't have that hormonal support. You know, you don't have to be crazy about it, you know, but you need to, we really need to consider movement as one of the best things that we can do with, uh, w- with your fascial system, especially when it comes to the joints. And you're saying multiplanar. So like yeah. as me, as someone who rides a bike 15 hours a week, I should really move my legs in some lateral direction. Well, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to say this though, and this will be, I'll, I'll make it cycling specific. I don't know where the audience comes from, but because there are a lot of endurance athletes, I mean, we have some CrossFit people and other sports, but a lot of endurance. I'll, do, I'll make it really simple because I can, I can parallel this to running and cycling. Okay. Um, you can, and you can, you can use either one of these. If you are a straightforward road biker, you're, you, you're setting yourself up for more issues than if you went out and at least rode a gravel road. Um, got all anything because even those little changes in one specific kind of sport, if you want to put it under an umbrella term like that, like mountain biking, I mean, you're on, that's a full body workout. I mean, and you're moving side to side and you, you got to balance, you got to, you know, you got to play things, you got to move forward, you got to move back. I mean, you know that, but that's the kind of movement that you need to, you need to be having with your body. And that's, I would look at that as being with running as far as even if you got off of the road and did um, a cinder trail, that will allow more ankle movement, which can help save your knees up the, up the line. Ankle movement is, 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 you know, needs to move your, you know, your knee can only do what your ankle will allow and your hip will support. So if you got stuff going on, you know, in those major areas, where things get stuck down from doing something in one plane of motion all the time, you're, you're going to pull come from behind and, you know, maybe you are a little bit now anyway, but it's just like, I don't think there's any, any, any time, there's no time that's too late 
to start moving okay. your body. Absolutely no time whatsoever is too late. I, I've seen miraculous things with people in nursing homes doing even in a wheelchair, you know, um, you know, women without, you know, the hump to the, you know, excessive kyphosis, you know, and how yoga can help open them up and get them more functioning, um, which yoga is also a very big strength. It's not only just um, flexibility. Um, right. But, but, you know, but just that element of movement, you know, we have to kind of take the bull by the horns on this one because it really is now it's on us because really, if you don't lose it, it's so cliche, but if you don't lose it, you're going to lose it. And it's really profound at this time of our lives. Really, really profound. So then I guess my, my final question is if people are interested in pursuing and haven't really had any regular massage practice, like where do they start? Where should they look? My first and number one thing is if somebody ever gives you a gift certificate for a massage, use it. I don't care where it came from. Use it. Okay. <laughs> Pay for that service for you. Do it. When it comes down to it, I, I have a rule of thumb that I've, I've considered this over the years working with athletes that the level of experience and education of a massage therapist should match the level of training and competition of the athlete. Um, and that, I mean, so you, you, you know, you got to start somewhere and, and it, I'm telling you, even in top, you know, the little town right off the hill from me, they, they have a massage practice. It's, you don't have to go far to find one, you know, uh, maybe you try, try it out a little bit and, you know, take a hot, you know, advantage of a special that somebody's offering. Don't let yourself get wrapped into a million sessions of a session when you don't know this therapist. I will be adamant on that. If you're gonna if you're gonna buy a package, make sure you're getting it with a therapist that you know is still gonna be there. I'm not gonna go right. down that road, but you know, that's that's something that I, I'm very adamant on. Um, you know, you want to look for somebody that maybe has a little bit more of an as an active background themselves. They'll they'll have it, they'll already have an idea of what your body's going through. I mean, I got into this work and I was a competitive runner. Right. And it gave me so much insight, you know, just on even just the psyche of what this person might be going through. And then, you know, and also being able kinesiology to put to put some things together. I wouldn't be shocked uh if you go into the more higher levels of massage where that is so very, very treatment oriented. Don't be shocked if you're asked to bring a sport bra and a pair of uh, a pair of shorts or, you know, a bathing suit or something, because they're just going to move you around all over the doggone place. And it's almost more like a PT session with a mm. massage focus than a massage with a PT focus. If that, and I, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit more of the latter. And, you know, what are you looking for? Uh, someone with a little bit of experience, you know, I mean, that's, that, that's going to be, you know, I have a thing about wanting to go to somebody that has been in practice for, you know, three to five years, because I feel like they've already made it in the career that if they're good, I'm not going to lose them. You know, that right. it sounds crazy, but you know, it's that there's are things I don't want to downplay a new therapist either. Like I said, it's like, a, if, if money's an issue, find a massage school oh, and, and, and get, you know, and start getting work that way. You get a feel for how it feels too. And yeah. that, that becomes an education on the client's level to say, you know what, you know, one of the things I'll ask to somebody, a new client is, 
what did you like and what you didn't like in the last massage? Because I do ask if you've gotten body work before. And if so, if you don't have any baseline, you don't know what to expect. Right. Me, you do have the power to say yes and no. I don't want you to touch me here. I want more work here. Not so much there. That's you are in charge of your body for sure. You don't need to have a really in-depth background, you know, into massage, but the more, if you get them, I mean, I would encourage somebody to just say, well, I keep going to them and they're not doing what I need to do. I would say, start, how did you find me? You asked around, you know, never advertised. I mean, I'm on websites because I may be certified in a method or something, but I've never advertised. It's all word of mouth. So, you know, if you're a runner, um, go to your local running store or your running club. I mean, find out and, and get more than one referral if you can, you know, because what works for one person may not work for you. And at this time of our lives, I don't believe in ruling out the chill part. You know, I don't care if it's five minutes at the very end of just saying, let, let, let's relax here. You know, you're, you are, you are a person, not a machine. Um, let's treat you like that human being that, that we all know that you are. Cause I've seen that a lot of times over the years in athletics, um, you know, coaches, you know, you get an international team in and, the, 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 I'm going to say their nutritional shows up from out, you know, out of the country. And the first thing they're doing is, you know, measuring their body fat with calipers. And, you know, not, that's not where I'm going with this. I, I, I want to be with you and I want to work with you and I don't want to work on you. I want to work with you and your body. You're not a textbook, you know, um, textbooks are based off 70% percentages, you know, of 70% of uh, cadavers have this, attachment here, then that's what they put in an anatomy book, you know, so you don't get, you're, you're different, you're unique, you are indeed your own organism, you know, find somebody that's going to work with that. Oh, well, if you do go to a, uh, you know, going to, uh, to a therapist, if they have even online booking, or even if you get, you know, if you're talking to them, I talk to everybody before I, before I see them, you know, it's okay as a menopausal woman to tell them, please do not have heat on the table. You know, I mean, you're <laughs> yeah. allowed to say that kind of stuff. This is you're you're paying for this, you know. You know, little little things like that, you know. Or uh, or I'll, I'll be even a little more graphic. Um, I would put a towel down under my bottom when when I was still when I was still menstruating. Oh, I, there's there's nothing like going from a you know a a a a little babbling brook to Niagara Falls inside of twenty or thirty minutes. I mean. What are you going to do? Jump off of that? You're naked. You know, it's like protection doesn't always cover you in these areas. You know, it's like, you know, I, I, I've done things like that where somebody said, what? And I said, you don't understand. You're too young. You're going to understand. I'll explain. Yeah. But this is, you know, it's like, and they, they don't get that, you know? Um, so, you know, but there are things you can ask of the therapist to accommodate you. hundred percent. Well, that is our show. Join me next week when I sit down with Dr. Stacy Sims. With the book coming out, we just wanted to sit down and talk about how we got here, where we're going, and our hopes for the future of women of all ages in sports and performance. So come on back for that one. And until then, as always, you know what to do. Stay feisty.
You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause, and please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends, and please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay feisty. Stay feisty.